Hello and welcome to the weekly song podcast. Um, the the podcast is weekly about songs. Sometimes uh, <laughs> my name is Declan, and I'm one of the co-hosts uh, who doesn't always do this front bit and is forgetting on the spot how it works. Joining me is the person who is much more seasoned at saying this bit of the show. Uh, his name is Roger. Say hello. Hello. Yes. Well, I mean, for the first like hundred or so episodes of the show. I think just one of us would open the show, and then at some point we were like, "Let's alternate it." So yeah, this is this is you're only fifty six episodes into doing this, really. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this podcast is not just about us chatting nonsense. Uh, what happens is that every single week, uh, Roger and I write a song, and then uh, we both uh, listen to them on the podcast, and we discuss uh, the writing of them, what went into them, what they're inspired by, what we'd like to do with them, and we generally say very nice things about each other. It's that kind of show. We're so friends. We, we are friends. Uh, it, it's difficult to believe after having done, what is it, 157 episodes? 156. Not 157 yet. Once we do 157 episodes, then people will know that we're friends. <laughs> Um, well, I thought you were going to say, once we do 157, then it's all downhill from there. That's that's when the straw breaks the camel's back. This is the last civil episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, if anything, this podcast, this we've grown closer and closer during the during the span of this podcast. Ironically, as we record further and further apart. <laughs> I know, I know. We will do an in-person uh, episode again at some point. We do see each other outside of the podcast, by the way. We are actual friends. It's not like Quiet, we're... Quiet, um, Roger. They're not meant to know that. <laughs> we're like, um, Morecambe and Wise, we actually hate each other. <laughs> just like we're all laughing on audio and then just the minute that the microphones are off, oh, I can't stand him. <laughs> Show me up again having such a good song. <laughs> so, uh, talking of songs, I believe you have one. What is it called? It's called New Leaf. May we hear it? Yeah, it's the first piano song of the season, and it goes like this. Each day is the same. I get up and change. I'm turning a new leaf over. But every time that I quit, it takes quite a bit for anything decent to grow. These moments you steal were never part of the deal And you're starting to take advantage As every sound that I hear tells me demons are near And they're coming to take me away Oh Every film that I've seen on my backwater screen Sees them running away from something And every seed that I buy keeps me wondering why Those monsters aren't coming for me So that was Roger's uh, new song, New Leaf. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. But then 
you could all believe that without hearing the song. Oh. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I really like this one. This is kind of like a little concentrated nugget of like uh, of emotion. That might be a title. Yes. Um, <laughs> you, you're made of these titles. Yeah, it's it's almost as if we've done tons of these, <laughs> and I just say random things that come <laughs> into my head. Uh, but yeah, I like I like how this sort of develops. Like, uh, it's this sort of small idea that develops into something not larger but wider. What what made you choose the piano for this one? Last week, I think we were talking about playing bass notes on the piano because you know obviously you're playing with two hands so you have a bit more opportunity to play with bass notes and i was saying that often i just play the first and the fifth in the in the bass kind of you know the whole ding 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 you know not necessarily in that upbeat way but just that sort of thing and so i was thinking about trying to play thirds in the bass and so i thought you know what, i'll sit down at the piano so with this song I left it really late. I, I've been trying not to do that. So I've been tr- I'm trying to write midweek because you and I both work, um, you know, regular working hours. And so usually I work right after work, but it was a busy week last week. So it got to Sunday evening and I looked at the clock and I went, oh, bloody hell, it's nine o'clock. I've got three hours left to finish this song before the deadline, which is Sunday midnight. So I thought, OK, what can I do? So I sat down at the piano. I thought, OK, I want to write on the piano this week. And I set a timer for 30 minutes and I I don't always work with a timer, but when I'm up against it, it kind of like uh, kicks my ass into gear a little bit. So, yeah, I sat down 30 minutes at the piano and uh, this short song came out. I I mean, I know exactly when you wrote this because I thought I was leaving it late. I was writing uh, Sunday evening, early evening. And I sort of message you saying, oh, yeah, I've got something done. And you go, I've not started yet. I got a bit worried for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's daunting, isn't it? It's really daunting. But yeah. But yeah, so this was sort of born out of that trying to do the piano differently and also doing it for time limit. Does that explain its length then, the time limit? Or is that just kind of how the idea formed, if that makes sense? That's a good point, actually. So it's short because of the time limit that I gave myself. But I also was kind of thinking in my head, like... Because I got the first verse um, and the general feel of the thing within about 15 minutes. And then obviously then it was just like thinking of new lyrics for the second and third verses. But I was thinking, OK, it's one of those songs where it doesn't have a chorus per se. It's just like almost like a kind of little musical poem. Um, and I was thinking, you know what? I've still got like a few hours left till midnight because, you know, it's only half an hour. I was thinking I might write a little um, middle eight or chorus or something. But I decided to have it be this thing that just goes round and round a few times, says what it needs to say, and then finishes. It, if, I think it would have been a bit um, overcooked if I'd done it longer. Yeah, I think that's some a trap that you can very easily fall into, into thinking that longer song automatically equals better song. Hmm. Whereas something like this, adding much more than is on there now, would have risked uh, sort of taking away from the sort of particular mood that it has. It feels very much like an interlude. Like something that would happen between two larger emotions. Yeah, definitely. I, I like those kind of songs. Like, um, I don't know. You know, I've said before, I, I like like short songs on albums. Um, or like the Gilbert O'Sullivan thing we were talking about last week. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to present myself to you. The album, or oh, this was after we 
podcast, but you were talking about the interlude on the Tada album by Scissor Sisters. Oh, Intermission. Intermission, sorry, yeah. And I like those little sort of um, vignette songs. When you're standing on the side of a hill, feeling like it didn't be done. Here it comes, the strawberry smoke, chasing away the sun. Don't let those precious moments fool you. Happiness is getting you down. Yeah, so this sort of fits into that sort of uh, vibe of things. Where do the words, where do they come from? Let's pry deeper into your uh, mind, Roger. Well, Tell us all of your feelings. <laughs> Every single one of them. Well, you might have seen on my Instagram stories the other day, and I was thinking, should I post it on my stories or not? Because I know Declan might see it, and we usually don't share our songs with each other. But it was only like a 10-second clip. So on my stories, I said... I'm taking a leaf out of Declan's book by personifying a feeling or a situation, which is something that you've done quite a lot this season. You've done it in the past, too. I'm like, that's such a cool thing to do with lyrics. So I tried to personify trying to break a bad habit, and I purposefully left it really wide open so that, again, it can be kind of like personal and universal. So it can be applied to a bad habit, and it's kind of singing to the bad habit. You know, like um, the moments you these moments you steal were never part of the deal, and you're starting to take advantage again. Kind of like you said last week, like it could be. Oh, sorry, the week before, like you it could be addressed to, like a lover or or a friend or something. But I'm actually addressing something that's like um, uh, a bad habit, like I say, and it's kind of like singing about how it makes the your whole life feel more more bleak and a bit more sort of um, you know. Yeah, bleak. I'll say bleak because I can't think of any other word. But <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make you uh, more loquacious. Um, uh, oh, so, oh. <laughs> uh, I hope I hope I use that word right. Um, <laughs> I did see that Instagram post, and I I did I I I sort of convinced myself to forget it, and it clearly it clearly worked. Um, <laughs> you repressed that that particular memory. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just a, let me be surprised on the podcast. Mm. Uh, now that you say that, suddenly the words click into focus for me. I can sort of see where you've come from with them. And yeah, it, it does have this feeling of being, it could just be sung to one person or it could be being sung at the entire world. Mm. Like you say, it's that bleak, but it's that sort of dissatisfaction and that growing sort of unrest with the status quo that sort of, develops really nicely as you begin to build in more uh different harmonic elements into the into the chord progression like you say it does kind of get wider as it as it goes and that is purely in the piano part the vocal melody is pretty much exactly the same for each of the three verses but the piano kind of it starts off just like it plays one chord and it just kind of like plucks it once and then plays the next chord by the time you get to the third verse you kind of got like i say the bass going on and and some more um, substitutions and things like that going on. But it's essentially the same chords. And uh, speaking of the chords, as we just was, it was a really funny one to kind of try to get done chordly because I feel like the chord progression is quite common, quite a common chord progression, but that's fine because I feel like it fits. And I feel like if I was trying to be overly clever with the chords, it might have been, it probably would have served the melody a bit less, um, a bit less good. It's in D major and it goes D, a, A minor 7, B7, that's the first half, and then it goes up to like a descending thingy where it goes E minor, G, A, G, D. But that last D that I just said, that feels like a 5 chord. 
and it really wants to resolve to G, but I wouldn't let it. <laughs> I was like, I kind of force it. You refused. <laughs> I heard that it wanted to go back to G. And I actually, to be honest with you, the first thing I did was I, I was tempted to modulate to G. Because I was like, okay, that works, you know, to D and then up to G. And then it's in, it feels in key again and it feels right. But I noticed that if I was to sing another verse in G, I'd have to be like, the moment I sing, the moment. I was really low pitched. So I was like, no, that's not working. <laughs> you and I have opposite problems. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need you to sing second verse, to be honest. <laughs> that's, that's kind of like a cool thing to sort of imply because with that passing, did you say C chord? It's uh, it's kind of cool to sort of have that sort of implied different chordal center in there, and then sort of say, yeah, no, we've still not resolved this. Let's let's uh, let's explore this with more textual detail. Mm. That's something you could do with the uh, if you ever do this one with like a like a big production, you could start off on like a piano and then slowly build in various other elements like a bass and a drum kit, and then like maybe some strings or synths or something in the in the wider atmosphere of the track. Very maybe I'm bored. This is a reference that will go over your heads unless you've listened to Roger's songs, specifically the Maybe I'm Bored EP. I play bass on it. That's the best thing about it. I joke, of course. It's the worst thing about it. Um, but uh, <laughs> the songs are great. That's an album that like four people have heard, so I don't think it's a reference people are going to get. Well, more people should listen to the, it. The Educate yourself on the references. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, with the chords, it was, yeah, like I say, tempting to modulate. It didn't work because I'd have to sing too low. So it was kind of a cool thing to be like, it feels like it's a change key, but I'm going to, the melody kind of puts it back into key, if that makes sense. So uh, it was a bit of a weird, weird exercise writing this one, actually. But, um, you know, it's a nice little melodic song, you know, can't complain. Yeah, you feel a bit bleaker afterwards. It does its emotional job. I really quite like it. <laughs> I'm sad inside and that's exactly. okay. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's cheer things up. Let's listen to your song. Um, oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe I've misread the tone of your song. But uh, tell, tell us, what's your uh, song this week called? And uh, tell us about it. Um, the, the song this week is called Help Me Out. Um it, it, it goes somewhat like this. First got sight of tearing up the night, a beacon cast out into the dark. And with every glimpse, I'm looking for a hit, seeing wherever I can make a start. If I would approach, would he walk away? If I blurted out, what would he say? I'll play it safe, at least until I have found a braver heart. Come the end, I've been speaking with my friends. They all think that I should ever go. I take my steps and I take a deeper breath. Can't help me out. Oh. 
Uh, Declan's song for this week. That's helped me out. Another brilliant song. Uh, it's groovy, it's melodic, and I feel like it has some weird chordal stuff going on, maybe in the chorus. Uh, how did this one start? Um, this one started uh, with with fear um, <laughs> that I wasn't going to write anything, <laughs> as all the best songs um, do. Uh, it was, uh, like I said earlier, it was written in the Sunday evening. We write from Monday to Sunday. Uh, for some reason, I hadn't sensible and decided to write at a sensible time more sensible than me so it's kind of built out of though that sort of pattern at the beginning that uh which is uh b to c sharp e to f sharp f sharp to g sharp and then moving that around the chords so that would be focusing around c sharp minor f sharp minor and g sharp seven once i had that sort of it's like I think I've probably used it before, but it's simple. It works. It's got a bit of a beat to it. You can move forwards. It was then just trying to come up with other parts around it. So I thought, well, I've not really used the one, four, and five. So A to E to B, A to E to F sharp, which would be the major second in this case, in the in the towards the end of the verse. And then the chorus is just alternating between E and A mostly. E to E major seven. E sus6, E5, A, A major 7, B sus2 over F sharp, and then just B sus2. Uh, I hope you're taking note of this, kids. <laughs> There's a test. And then the same again, except the last uh, two chords are replaced with B over D sharp, C diminished over D sharp, and then back into the riff. So my suspicion was correct. There is some interesting stuff going on chordally in the chorus. Does it change key or anything? It's not long enough to. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, to me, I mean, just listening to it before the show started, I was like, ah, it sounds like something's going on in the chorus. But I think it's just the complexity and the, like the, uh, the progression of the chords, basically. I think it's just the fact that you've not been really with one and four and five throughout the whole song. You've been on the minor sort of side of things for the um, oh. for the rest of it. So that sort of gives it a very different tonal center, which I'm not entirely sure works, but it's the best thing I could come up with in the time available. So that's that's what we have presented here. Yeah, uh, it's just scatting a melody over the top of that and just trying to work out where it's sat. Like that's where you get that. Which again, not the most, not the most original or impressive thing in the world, but it's functional. It works. You can get a song out of it. Oh, don't put it down. It's, that verse melody is fantastic. It's really good. I, I, I should explain why I'm being so down on it. I'm terrified that I've written this song before. Or I've nabbed it from somewhere. <laughs> 
but my brain has decided to forget any potential information regarding that. So, like, <laughs> if if we get a load of emails in a couple of weeks saying, like, oh, yeah, that song is actually, a, you know, a mashup of A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, um, I wonder why so many songs were named after Letters of the Alphabet, but also not be surprised. <laughs> I mean, that is the fear, isn't it? That The fear is that someone will go, that's just that other song that already exists. I had that with my song this week because it's such a common chord progression. I thought... Oh God, is someone going to say that's just a John Lennon song or something, you know? The worst thing is when someone says that to you and it's true and you've never heard the song before. And it's like, oh, for goodness sake, why have I done this? <laughs> See, I, I don't mind not having heard the song before because I'm like, at least I'm not... At least it didn't go in my head and get regurgitated. It was just an accident. No, But, but if it's something I know well and someone goes like, that's something else, I'm like, oh no, that just means... My creativity was overridden by just like... No, I think I've had a situation in a band before where like I had a song and I was like quite happy with it and I showed it to a couple of mates and they started laughing halfway through. I was just like, it's not that bad, is it? It's like, like no, just mate, you've written Low Hanging Fruit by Tenacious D. Um, obviously different melody and different words, but like pretty much musically it was there. And it's just like, why? Uh... Why has this happened? I can't, I can't use this song anymore. <laughs> It doesn't oh, exist. No, no but I, I think, um, help me out. I don't think you've written this before. I think you've written stuff that's like got that upbeat, like built in rhythm to it. But that's not writing the same song twice. Um, thank you. Um, I am still a nervous wreck. But then you just know that's what I'm that's what I am. Uh, that's just Declan. That's just that's just me coming through. Um, so this song is uh, lyrically about the struggles of being a gay man out on the pool <laughs> as twere i thought it might have been about dating in some regard it's, dating is probably too strong a word but like uh it's a couple of experiences that sort of like are like the inverse of each other okay so like uh it, it's it's played up for drama a little bit in the lyrics I, I won't lie i did make a bit of a mountain out of a molehill here but uh long story short is that verse one is kind of about going out to have a bit of a dance and a drink somewhere with some mates seeing a guy I liked and sort of thinking, you know what, I, I would like to talk to him, but I'm not entirely sure. And speaking to a mate and going like, oh, yeah, no, just, you know, ask politely, you know, you know <laughs> <laughs> inquire. And yeah, uh, he was very nice about it. It was very sweet, um, but he was straight. Uh, so that would put a bit of a downer on the evening. <laughs> oh. um, that must be such a bummer. Well, it's not. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> He's here all week, folks. <laughs> um, and then verse two is kind of about the inverse, where like I uh, was at an event with uh, some people uh, and I met someone there and was sort of like getting on and everything. And... Like, I was 95% sure that the person that I was interested in would also be interested in me back. But it's that 5% of doubt. And every single time I've asked someone, uh, excuse me, like... Um, <coughs> That's your problem, making that too. noise at people. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's my mating call. Take two. To be fair, every single time I've asked uh, and someone has been straight, um, they've been very polite about it. They've been very kind. They've been very sweet and everything. But it's that little bit of fear. Hmm. 
you just do not quite know how that's going to turn out. So that's kind of the inverse of the first situation. And then this leads me into my biggest criticism of the song is in that it's not finished. Um, <laughs> All right. Okay. Like, it feels... Like I, that's about as much as I wrote for it in the time allocated, uh, and I didn't go back and add any more into it. But just as I was uh, sort of recording it, I realised, wait a minute, this is a very poor story, because it starts out with a problem. Okay, fair. We got a bit of a hook and a chorus that sort of relates to it. Um, then we've got verse two, which develops it. That's cool. And then you've got the chorus, which sort of relates to the problem, but has flipped it slightly again. All right, so we've got a bit of a foundation here. And where are you going from here? The song's over. Like, what? <laughs> uh, so really what this song needs is like a bridge or a verse three to sort of not not solve everything, but like to sort of point towards the solution and then maybe sort of tweak the chorus. Two problems. A, writing on a time limit. Mm. Uh, and B, lack of life experience uh, in threading that needle successfully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> never heard that euphemism before but I like it <laughs> well just in terms of like uh, it, you know it, it's an ongoing problem yeah so it's it's not been solved yet well you could always do a prince he said uh, that when he made his first album he was so inexperienced romantically but he just pretended that he'd been with every woman in the world and just wrote as if that was the reality of his life i mean no, i i get the logic of that but the first two parts of this song are based on like a real life experience it's kind of it would feel weird in this situation to write untruthfully if that makes sense it does i think what you need to you need to do is just like go out and have one more date and it goes really well and that's your verse three. Um, okay, simple as that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I have written like not falsehoods but imagined stories before and I have like, obviously like I said, I made mountains out of molehills for the lyrics for this song. But it, there are some songs where it feels right to do that because it's either a situation that's so far in the past or it's a situation you're in now where you're still looking ahead to the future. Whereas these are two discrete uh, instances from a couple of years ago. Mm. There's no real through line. So there's a beginning of something here, but it does need like something to draw it together at the end. So that's, that's why I'm not doing anything with this one. Though if anyone wants a song, uh, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. The the fact that it is it comes from a real place. I mean, obviously, like you say, it's dramatized to some extent. It comes from a real place, but the what would finish the song would be, like you say, more life experience. Like that's quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, there, there are there are things that I could write about that would finish it off satisfactorily, but it's also kind of one of those weird things where you write about your own experiences, and like. Looking, if I was looking at this being like a dramatist or something and just writing a play about my life, mm. um, if I was Oscar Wilde over here, um, then I could theoretically draw other parts in to sort of build to a narrative conclusion and make it satisfying. Uh, the trouble is I've already written songs about them and my brain just goes, no, but you've already written a song about that. Well, I could draw it into this one and write a second song about it. No, you can't. I've already <laughs> written a song about it. I know what you mean. Like, I think there's something in our heads that kind of like, 
categorizes certain songs or subjects into certain boxes and it's like no i've already i've done that bit i've done that why would i do it again why would i do it again i wouldn't do it again would i no <laughs> i suppose part of it is like conceptually you're just already thinking of it like the song like there are at least two maybe three songs that feature subjects i could draw into this to sort of build to a satisfying conclusion mm. the trouble is i'm not thinking of the experience says i'm thinking of the songs and then my the logic part of my brain goes, yes, but this is in E, and the other song is in E flat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More like, uh, <laughs> well, like yes, but this one is quite a quick song, and the other one is quite slow. Ah <laughs> mm. oh, man, it must be quite frustrating because you know you got a good groove with this song, you know you like the the chords and everything, and it's like oh, I can't quite use it, you know, because of because of the lyrics. Yeah. If... It's a basis for something. If anyone ever comes up and says, hey, you want to write some songs together? I can go, well, I've got most of one. This is like, it's like a song like, <laughs> here we go. Rather than just add <laughs> Let's water, finish this off. Like, okay, right. If you're co-writing with someone, just add one romantic experience and we're done. <laughs> oh, uh, no, what I'll do is I'll leave it as this demo. And then in 13 years when I'm dead, uh, what you'll have to do is you'll have to sort of record your bits for everything around this demo. Uh, and do a now and then. You'll have to get Peter Jackson to sort of AI my voice out of the recording because I'm going to deliberately destroy the ISO tracks. Mm. Um, I'm doing it now as we speak. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. I'll get my drummer friend in on it and uh, I'll release it under uh, the Schnookum song. It'll be great. And just like your versions will be super like clarity. <laughs> And just my versions will just sound like this in comparison. <laughs> it will be it will be quite odd, really. Uh, we were referring to Now and Then by the Beatles, everybody. Everyone knows that. Why am I saying that? But if you don't know, that's what we're referring to. And also, and also Free as a Bird and uh, Real The life. two that really worked well. Although I like Now and Then. I mean, you, we have different opinions on Now and Then, but I liked it. I liked it. We have different opinions. This is what causes us to become not friends in episode 157. <laughs> well, I say now and then was a stroke of genius. And I say it was adequate at best. <laughs> <laughs> then we agree. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, what have you been listening to this past week? One second. Four weeks into this run, and I'm, I'm still not prepared for that answer. Uh, I can tell you what I'm halfway through listening to. Ooh, please. Is is Lives by US Girls. Never heard of them. Lives is a live record. Um, it It's not like a complete show. Like, you can sort of tell that they've played a bit of the audio and everything. And, like, um, like they'll do effects on the audience and things like that. But uh, it's enjoyable thus far. I'm about halfway through. What do you mean they do effects on the audience? Uh, so like they'll do like comedy cutoffs uh, in the edit or like um, like uh, I think there's one track where you get a bit of an echo and a bit of an infinite loop kind of thing. Oh, cool! I like the idea of a a live album that does that. The Lemon Twigs have one like that. Um, they they took a bunch of songs from a tour they did a couple of years ago, and they do things like they'll very speed up the whole mix like on a tape machine so that it goes all high pitched for a while and then they introduce the band in this squeaky high pitched voice and then it goes back down again and yeah it's cool yeah um yeah uh yeah the one i've listened to is um coming of age by oscar shall i listen to that this morning it it was quite good i i don't 
really have much else to uh, to say about it. It it was <laughs> nice. I enjoyed. Nice, nice. I haven't heard of him either. Um, I feel like this segment is pretty much just you saying, I've listened to some cool new music. I've listened to this new record that came out. I'm like, huh? What's that? I don't know really about music. To be fair, like half the segment is me going like, uh, I like that. Can't tell you anything about it, but I liked it. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, I, I listened to uh, an album uh, recommendation uh, that you recommended to me uh, by Pim Blom. The album is Bobby. Um, I liked it. It was good. Uh, yes, I quite liked it. Um, I have heard of the band. Uh, I had not actually listened to much of their stuff beforehand. And yeah, I, I'm going to have to check out a little bit of the back catalogue. It's uh, Pip Blom, by the way. I thought... Oh. Damn it. Oh, there, there goes them as guests on the show. <laughs> Pim Blom. Well, um, yeah, I like the fact that they got like the kind of uh, the male and the female vocalist, um, like sharing some of the lead vocals. Um, I like the electronic elements of the album. Um, and uh, there's this one song on the album called Where'd You Get My Number? That was my favorite one on the album. And it's got like a drum machine the going through the whole thing but like during the verses it slows down towards the choruses it's very you don't usually hear that yeah it's quite good um that's <laughs> that's about as much as i can add <laughs> quite good i listened to it once and i need to listen to it again yes yes i also um recently bought on vinyl stardust by willie nelson which is my favorite willie nelson album it's just um it's pretty easy to describe it's willie nelson in the 70s covering standards like all of me and the sunny side of the street and uh georgia on my mind and things like that it's really good it's just a really good album and it's nice to have on on sunday it rains in the evening and i just stuck that album on and i could hear the rain on the roof and willie nelson singing standards it, it's just a good time wonderful good time was had by all well that's about all we have time for on this episode of the weekly song podcast Thank you very much for listening to the show. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the show and you want to send in a song you've written in a week or you have any questions or comments, email the show at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at weeklysongpodcast. We're on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for us there. Uh, Declan and I, as we mentioned before, are in a, uh, a duo project called Schnookums. Schnookums. And we have our, our Schnookums. And we have our debut album out now. It's called Attaboy. It's streaming everywhere. Uh, you know, Bandcamp, Spotify, all those places. And we're on Instagram and we're working on a follow-up EP at the moment. And uh, so that will be out next year, I would have thought. And uh, yeah, it's it's exciting to have worked on songs with you and produced them and stuff. It's uh, been a long time coming. Yes, I've been literally since very shortly after I met Roger, I've been trying to pester him to be in a band with me. Uh, it only took about 10 years for him to relent. So um, that's that's the lesson to take away from this week's podcast is just follow your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I've changed now. All different now, haven't I? So, um, it's Declan, different now, where, isn't it? Where, where can people find you and your music online? Um, people can find me and my music at, 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 at the places where music is found, namely Spotify, Tidal, iTunes, Bandcamp, um, YouTube, probably. Uh, th th there is a Facebook page that's been now put on it for 20 years, uh, which is impressive seeing it was only like, put up about five years ago. Yeah, that, that's 
that that's that's more or less it for my music um where can people find you and your music specifically your uh, ep with the fantastic bass played by me uh maybe <laughs> i'm bored um and the fantastic piano and vocals played by you um where where, where can people find that well tell them the same place tell them now well all the same places you just said basically uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, Tidal, all those places. Working on a new record at the moment called Racing Alone, which is out December 26th. Hi folks, uh, Roger here. Uh, just a quick note to say that uh, the record Racing Alone has actually been delayed by a month so that I can make it better and make it much more worthwhile to listen to. So it'll be out on January 26th rather than December 26th. So uh, thank you. Back to the episode. I'm writing about it on Substack and MailChimp and posting about it on Instagram. You can follow me at Roger Heathers and all the links to that stuff are in my bio. Um, so that's about it for me. Um, thank you, everyone, so very much for listening to the show. Uh, if you want to... Wait, I'm just starting the outro again. If you want to email the show, <laughs> send oh, no. in any songs. We're stuck in a time loop. <laughs> well, thank you all very much for listening and we'll see you next week on episode 157. Ta-ra! Ta-ra! How dare you die? Oh my! This is what I have to put up with, people. <laughs> He's still going. This is what's going to separate us by one fifty-seven. <laughs> oh my! Coffee right, went man. down the wrong. I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, my coffee went down the wrong way.